You're listening to the Five Questions Podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Shawbell. In fewer than 10 minutes, my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is the host and author of How I Built This, Guy Raz. He started his career as an intern at NPR's All Things Considered, then became a foreign correspondent before taking a two-year stint at CNN. Guy then returned to NPR, starting hit shows like the TED Radio Hour and the How I Built This podcast, where he interviews famous entrepreneurs from companies like Allbirds, Yelp, and Airbnb. Now Guy has turned his podcast into a book by the same name, which we discuss in this podcast episode. What lessons did you learn early in your career when you were working with NPR and CNN that helped you become an effective interviewer and storyteller today? I learned to listen. That was the most important thing I learned how to do. It is not a natural skill that I have or that I think most people have. I developed it over time by being exposed to people who told me their stories. Many of us think that listening is is easy, but it's actually very hard. It requires a lot of concentration and a lot of practice to listen well and to listen in a way that enables you to ask the right follow-up questions. And it took me a long time to learn how to listen well. By starting out my career in audio and then in television, I had to listen. I had to tell a lot of stories. I had to crank stories out daily. And that forced me to be exposed to many different kinds of people who had really amazing stories to tell and wanted to tell them. In many cases, in most cases, whether it was a village in Afghanistan or a street corner in Eastern Germany, I was probably the first and only and last reporter that that person would tell their story to. And so oftentimes it was long and detailed, but that really helped me to understand how to connect with people. Because when you listen to somebody's story, you create a bond. They appreciate it and oftentimes are more willing to open up the longer and more deeply you listen. Yeah, I remember I interviewed Charlie Rose and Larry King over the years, and I asked them why they're great interviewers, and that's why they said they're great interviewers. They both confirmed that listening was the most important skills, while so many people rushed to speak the more you listen the more you can empathize and and come up with the next question so i think that is extremely important and i've interviewed over 2300 people in my career and you're at over 6000 who most surprised you and what was the most inspirational moment that had a lasting effect on you i will say that i am consistently surprised at how ordinary most of the entrepreneurs and famous people even I, i've interviewed I, I can think of somebody like Kelly Clarkson, who is just so nice and so down to earth. And I I interviewed her about two years ago. I've interviewed her twice before. And I find her to be so personable and interesting and very authentic and real, almost like she's an accidental superstar. That's what surprises me about the people I interview, that even the most famous people at the end of the day, you know, Bob Dylan has a line, even the president of the United States sometimes have to, has to stand naked. Well, it's true. You know, we, at the end of the day, we're, we all have to kind of look in the mirror and accept who we are. And I, I think that many celebrities, many famous people, many incredibly successful people are really nice. They're really ordinary and nice people. And then what was your most inspirational moment that had a lasting effect on you? I interviewed a woman named Kathy Hughes, who 
is now the one of the most successful African-American female entrepreneurs in U.S. history. She started a, um, a chain of African-American-oriented radio stations, and it's a media company, so she's got television and internet. It's called, it's called Urban One. And she, in her early 30s, was a single mother trying to buy a small radio station in Washington, D.C. She had no money. She went to 29 banks seeking a loan to make this purchase. And bank number 30 finally said yes. 29 banks turned her down. And when she finally made the deal with bank number 30 and they signed the paperwork or they were about to sign the paperwork, the loan officer, uh, Kathy, continued to kind of talk about her ambitions and how it was going to be great and what she was going to do and all the wonderful things that were going to come out of it and how the bank wasn't going to regret it. And the loan officer looked at her and said, Kathy, we have a deal. You don't have to sell past the close. And I've never forgotten that. In everything I do now, I think of Kathy, any contract I'm engaged with, any initiative I'm involved with, I think of Kathy, I don't sell past the close. Now, I wanted to switch gears to entrepreneurship because that's, uh, you interview so many different entrepreneurs. And it just seems like so many entrepreneurs have some sort of safety net in the form of family money or a full-time job. I had a full-time job and I moonlit. Uh, that enables them to execute on a big idea because if you look at funding sources for most small businesses, it's personal money usually or family money. Do you believe there's such a thing as rags to riches and self-made or do you believe entrepreneurs have a financial advantage when they start? I think there's a lot of mythology about rags to riches in the United States. I think there are some examples of it. I mean, Sheldon Adelson, from what I understand, grew up in poverty in, in Boston. Howard Schultz, you know, he, he grew up in a housing project in, um, in Brooklyn. So there are examples of, of this, of course, and we in America lionize them um, and we tell their stories um, and they should be um, celebrated. But I think the reality is that everybody comes to the table with some kind of advantage. You know, there are certainly entrepreneurs who start businesses who could access $5,000 here, $5,000 there through a network of people they know, or maybe they, you know, have a job which enables them to save money and start something on the side, as, it, as was the case with Tope Awatana, who started Calendly. He, he funded the, the business himself. He, you know, he is an immigrant from Nigeria who was uh, a sales rep in the US after college selling software and saved his money and used $100,000 of his own money to build the prototype for what became Calendly. That was a huge risk. He did it in his late 20s, but he basically did nothing except sell software for 10 years before he was ready to do that. There are other advantages that everybody has in some form or fashion. Some people have access to a network. Some people have access to um, money. Some people have incredible charisma and the ability to really win people over and to convince people that they are really worth investing in. I think that's an enormously under-discussed attribute. People who are um, extroverted, who are um, likable, who are unflappable, who can take no for an answer, have enormous advantages in trying to start a business. In general, you know, not all entrepreneurs are charismatic naturally, but by and large, most of them have figured out how to move on even after hearing no a thousand times, how to just keep going. In two previous episodes of this podcast, I asked venture capitalists Ben Hurwitz and Shamath Palapatia about the qualities all successful entrepreneurs have in common. And they said that they are all original thinkers, have leadership skills, 
a learning mindset, and a deep-seated insecurity. Do you agree with this list? And would you add anything else to it? I don't agree with the list because I don't believe entrepreneurs are born. I, I think that they are no different than the rest of us. They are the differences is that they put on the cape in the phone booth and took off. You know, I, I think that entrepreneurs, in my experience, are all Clark Kent's. The the one common attribute that I have found in all of my interviews with entrepreneurs is that they have developed the ability to withstand rejection. And the second thing they do is they are constantly thinking about problems that need to be solved. And what's your best piece of career advice? My advice to somebody who is just starting out, you know, maybe just out of college or still early in their career, is to get a sales job. Learn how to try to sell something to people who may not want to buy it and learn how to deal with lots of people saying no. Because that is going to give you the thick skin you need if you want to eventually go on and build your own enterprise. My piece of advice for somebody sort of early mid-career who's thinking about starting something is to keep your day job, but use your evenings and weekends to research, to begin to build the foundation for what it is you want to do, and to try and do both as long as possible until you get lift off with your side hustle. And once your side hustle hits 10,000 feet, maybe let's say 5,000 feet, it's probably safe to jump into it with both feet. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Guy. To follow his journey, you can read his book, How I Built This, and find him on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, where he shares his political views, podcast clips, announcements, and live events. (laughs) 